In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Hello and welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders. I am Kimberly Lewis, your host, and my goal is to make you aware of the best leadership practices, leadership trends, and thoughts around leadership. But we just don't talk about leadership, only leadership. We talk about business issues that leaders need to be aware of in order to lead their businesses successfully in today's global marketplace. And we have listeners from all over the globe. And today, I would especially like to welcome our listeners listeners from Mount Washington Valley in New Hampshire in the United States, because today we will be talking about leadership in local businesses and family-owned businesses. And we have chosen a business in the wonderful state of New Hampshire for this first episode on local businesses. So good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you may be listening from. And today, I'm broadcasting from Prague in the Czech Republic, and my guests will be calling in from New Hampshire. Now, if it's the first time you're calling, you're listening to this broadcast, what is this series about? Leadership Beyond Borders is about the impact globalization is having on our organizations and what this impact is doing to the kind of leadership we need to drive long-term success in today's economy. In this series, we have talked about everything from artificial intelligence and data protection regulations to leadership issues such as gender balance, generational management, and business values that may impact your organization or your individual career. So please download this series. You can listen to great advice, leadership success stories that you can learn from, leadership success stories that motivate you, stimulate new ideas, and possibly even be the key to your success. I invite you to connect with me. Send me your thoughts and insights at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Connect with me on my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. Tell me what you want to hear about. I'd love to hear from you. The idea of today's episode came from a listener who wanted to hear more about leadership in local businesses. So thank you. We can also download my personal podcast on iTunes called Ponytail Talk, Global Advice from a Female CEO Pioneer. So reach out to me. I'm waiting to hear from you. If you're in a leadership position or aspire to be in one, regardless if your business is international or local, make sure you join us each week and we'll make sure you take away something for yourself or your business. So today's episode... Local and family businesses sit at the heart of any country's economy, but according to the Family Business Institute, only 30% of those organizations that have our family businesses, only 30% have succession plans that go into the second generation and only 12% remain viable into the third. And yet a family-owned business or controlled business plays a key role in global economy. They amount for 80% of companies worldwide, and they are the biggest source of long-term employment in most countries. In the United States, they employ 60% of workers and create 78% of new jobs. And they are not all little mom-and-pop shops. Some are large corporations, but it is really the smaller local family business that supports local economies. But when a family local business is passed down, they often face change. Joseph Fan, a professor at the Chinese University of Hong Kong, tracked the market performance of 214 family-owned businesses in Taiwan, Hong Kong, and Singapore, and he found on average that their shares dropped almost 60% in the eight years after a top management change. Well, the family businesses he studied were larger and had shares, and they were not local businesses. But local businesses also face the same phenomena, but normally it hits their turnover. The family member taking over very often faces a performance dip, and not because they're not a good leader, not as good a leader as a predecessor. It's because people are wary of change. 
And very often, personal relationships drive business. Now, studies have shown that the leaders of family businesses acknowledge this problem, and those in the succession plan very often find it difficult to walk in the steps of those before them. But on the other hand, it can also be a great opportunity. And that is what we are going to look at today. We are going to look at local family-owned businesses in the United States and hear the second-generation owners' thoughts about leadership and how good leadership practices can be implemented. And our guest today is Terry O'Brien. She is the second-generation owner and operator of the 45-year-old Red Parker Steakhouse and Pub in Glen, New Hampshire, in the United States. She has been involved in the family business for a better part of 45 years and has been very active in the local community. She served on the Bartlett, New Hampshire Planning Board in the early 1980s. During this time, she was also creating the master plan with Bartlett, which implemented zoning ordinances in Bartlett. And this is an area of the country, Mount Washington Valley, that really began to grow and become a very popular vacation spot during that time. She served on the executive board of the New Hampshire Lodging and Restaurant Association for six years, and she was president once. She served on the executive board of the Mount Washington Valley Chamber of Commerce, and she currently serves on the executive board of Valley Originals, which is a group of 23 independently owned small local businesses and restaurants in the Mount Washington Valley. And she was the recipient of the Bob Morrill Award in 2009 and was voted New Hampshire Restaurateur of the Year. So welcome to the show, Terry. Thank you. Okay, it's great to have you. Um, I'm sure it's beautiful Indian summer up there in New Hampshire right now. It is. Okay. So, Terry, just to come on to the story, um, you took over your family business from your parents, and both of them were involved in the business. Was there a predestination that you were going to do? You were going to be the person that they were going to pass the baton to? I mean, a woman and a daughter, or did this just kind of happen? Well, I think it kind of just happened. In the beginning, my parents bought this place with another couple, and none of them had ever even been in the restaurant business. I was the only one that had ever even worked in a restaurant. And we all just kind of learned by doing, and it just it just happened. Mm-hmm. And um, you, a little story about your, your mom. So, so first, they were not, they didn't know anything about the restaurant, okay, business. And then they just dived in. Was, was there any reason why they chose the restaurant business and not, um, you know, uh, any other kind of local shop? Um, I think because my dad had been um, in publishing for many years and had traveled a lot, he knew what he liked when he went out to eat. And my mother... Uh, when my dad had to entertain, was always the hostess and had the best parties. Everyone loved her parties. And the other couple felt pretty much the same way. And they just thought that, you know, a restaurant would be a fun thing to do. Mm-hmm. That was then. Now I don't think you could do it that way. <laughs> well, uh, so just one quick, another question about your mom. So your mom really got into the, what I understand from talking to you, your mom really got into this restaurant business. And, and she liked it so much and learned so much that she actually, when the wall came down, she went to Russia and helped other women open restaurants? That's, that's true. She was asked by Greenpeace if she would be willing to go over there and teach other women there on how to operate their own restaurants. And she went over there for several weeks. It was quite an eye-opener for her. But I was extraordinarily proud of her and her ability to be able to do this. It was a great experience. Mm-hmm. So for Greenpeace to invite her over there, then by that time in in the history of this restaurant or this local business, um, you know, your parents must have felt pretty comfortable about running the business. Now, when they started to hand the baton over to you, did they ever talk to you about the competencies that you needed to take over the company? Not really the competencies so much as their vision of what they thought the business should be and 
they definitely encouraged me to learn some new things. My dad was instrumental in getting me to learn how to work with computers and learn how to create spreadsheets and uh, and things like that, which are huge. I went on my own and learned about meats and how to how to um, cut meats and price things accordingly and how to buy the best and deal with salespeople, which is at that time was very interesting for a woman to be the one who was doing the purchasing. Mm-hmm. So did did, um, did they give you a certain role? So you you were you were active with them while they were still running the business. Is that that's what I'm understanding first? Yes. Okay. And then when you were in there, did they give you a, a certain role to help you develop, um, thinking that the baton would be passed down after some time? Um, I I think so. We you know we just as I said we just kind of all learned by doing, and. You know, I just fell into things that I thought were interesting, and I said, "Let me let me try doing this. Let me learn how to do this. Uh, why don't I try taking over doing the ordering for?" We had several restaurants at one point, and I learned how to do things, and and they gave me the freedom to be able to learn how to do them. When I had questions, I could always go and ask either one of my parents. You know, well, what do you think about this? And they were always very straightforward. And if I wasn't doing it the right way, they let me know that too. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's move. We'll move ahead a little bit. So then, eventually, you took over, and you've heard some of the studies I talked about that sometimes uh, people, local businesses or, or corporations, uh, experience a slight dip when it gets passed on to the next generation. Did, did you experience of any of that? And if you did how, how did, you, how did you deal with that? We did not have that dip, I would say, um, when originally it was my ex-husband and I that took over. Uh, the dip came when I left in 1995 because I needed to get out and do something different for a while and at the end of a four and a half year period they it was time for family to be back in they had experienced a dip and in morale as well as business and so when I came back I just came back full force and took over Mm-hmm. So they're probably when we talk about when we talk when we when we read the studies and we see these dips and and a lot of time it is done it's really directed to it's not because of the leadership it's directed to relationships and and possibly change and that's what I'm hearing from you is that's probably what happened you left you went a little while and and people noticed that change and when you came back it went back up is that that's correct yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay, so um, Terry, the really in a family business, the 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 buck stops with you. You would have to assume a full responsibility. Um, how do you go about doing that? How do you, uh, uh, you know, do you have a special recipe for that? Boy, I wish I could say I did. <laughs> <laughs> the buck definitely stops with me. So I'm the one that, you know, sometimes in the middle of the night get a phone call and have to come in and take care of situations. It's it's never easy. It's interesting, and ne- every day is different, and every problem is different. But ultimately, I'm the one that has to say, okay, this is how we're going to do things, and we can either come together and do it this way, or somebody's not going to be here. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, that's that's part of. I mean, in small businesses, the buck stops with somebody. The buck stops with the owner. But you also have to develop a sense of responsibility. And we're going to we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, I'd really like to talk to you about um, some of the leadership characteristics in a, in a small business, and and how you encourage responsibility and gain the respect of the people, and and how you get them to understand. You know, that is your heart and blood, this family business. And how do you get them to to have some kind of ownership with that? So we're going to take a look at that when we come back, Terry. And for our listeners, uh, we are talking with uh, Terry O'Brien, and that is O'Brien with I-E-N. She is the president and owner of Red Parker Steakhouse and Pub in 
Mount Washington Valley in the state of New Hampshire in the United States. And we're talking about what it's like to be in a local family business. And uh, Terry has the little twist of also taking over the business as a woman. And uh, Terry can be reached at rpp302 at redparkerpub.com. You can go onto her Facebook at Terry M. O'Brien and Facebook also at Red Parker Steakhouse and Pub on Twitter at Red Parker. And I am your host, Kimberly Lewis, a CEO and leadership and business expert. And you can contact me with questions and comments at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or join our LinkedIn group at Leadership Beyond Borders or my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. And we're going to be right back after this small break. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Having a lawyer in your court is always a good idea. Each week, Wagner and Winnick on the Law helps you sort out the legal issues and questions in a forum with judges, lawyers, and policy experts, answering your questions and discussing your personal rights within the legal system. Law School Dean Mitchell Winnick, along with law professor Stephen Wagner, will discuss the sometimes ever-changing laws and policies to keep you in the know. Listen every Thursday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern, on Voice America Business. If you don't know the law, know a lawyer. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders, the Voice America's channel's new growing series about global leadership and business issues. And I'm your host, Kimberly Lewis, and you can reach me at leadershipbeyondborders.net. So today we're talking we're talking about local businesses and local family businesses, and we're speaking with Terry O'Brien, CEO and owner of the Red Parker Steakhouse and Pub in the wonderful state of New Hampshire. And Terry, um, welcome back. And Thank you. I, yeah, and I'd like to we I'd like to go back to what we talked about um, before the break. We're talking about the buck stops with you. I mean, in, in in big companies, you have a board, and you can kind of you know the the responsibility gets tossed around. But at the end of the day, in a small family business, the buck stops with you. But you still have to encourage responsibility um, among the staff. And and how do you go about doing that? That is one of the, the most important things, I think, in this business particularly. One of the things that I always try to do, if an employee has made a mistake, if they've screwed up somehow, I'm going to assume the first time that they weren't trained properly, so I didn't do my job right. So I will sit down, we'll go over whatever the issue is, and I will reinforce the way that it should be done correctly. 
make sure that they understand it, and then we'll give it another shot. Mm-hmm. I believe in second chances and sometimes third chances. After that, maybe not so much. Mm-hmm. And and you said you think they might have been trained, not trained par- properly. So when we think of training, we think of training in big corporations. But on the local business, um, training, how does it work? How do you train people? Well, training is an ongoing process. It never ends. I, I learn something new every time I work. Uh, We do have um, training procedures and policy manuals, and we go through a very exacting way of training, especially our dining room staff, the the servers and host staff. Um, My chef has his own way of training his line cooks. But you have to be consistent in your training, and new people sometimes don't get everything that you try to teach them the first time around. So you've got to make sure that you follow up constantly and let them know, okay, this is the way it's supposed to be done. Do you understand that? They say, yes. Okay. Then we'll try it again. Mm-hmm. Is Do you implement any kind of um, mentoring or shadowing in, in small businesses? We think of that mostly in big corporations, but I I can imagine, especially in the restaurant business, that would be uh, quite valuable. Have you ever done any of that? Oh, absolutely. We do it. It's actually part of our server training. The the trainer, first the, the trainee follows or shadows the trainer. And then for the next three shifts, they switch things around. Mm-hmm. And so they've got somebody shadowing them. Occasionally, I will kind of sneakily shadow them a little bit myself so I can hear how they're talking to the guests and interacting. And if we have ideas on ways that improvements can happen, then we'll definitely get those across to them. Mm-hmm. And how do you get them to understand that their performance reflects your brand? Because you have a a local business, but you all you have a very you're located in a vacation spot. You have a very popular brand, okay? And anybody who's working, any all their performance reflects your brand. How do you get them to understand that? Well, I think. Because it is such a family business, and I, and I mean family, I'm encompassing all of my staff. Um, I treat them as if they were family, and I make sure that they know the great pride that I take in the product that we serve and in the service that we provide. And I think just by them knowing that I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that our guest experience exceeds everything that they hoped for. And somehow they seem to understand that and they want to jump on board with it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that's that's really good. I mean, because that is so such valuable. I mean, that brand value, especially in a family owned business is, is you know, that's the value of the company. So what about, yeah, what about hiring? Um, uh, You know, small businesses, uh, there's a lot of turnover in small businesses. And I think you're in a, you're in a, you're in a market that has a lot of turnover anyways. Um, How do you, how do you attract and try to retain talent? That is a tough one. We've been very lucky. Um, Most of my staff has been here for a long time. Uh, I've got bartenders that have been here for 25 to 30 years and, you know, cooks and chefs that have been here for years. It's really, it's an honor to me that I can have people stay here that long. Getting new people in is getting to be more difficult, especially up here right now. We don't have as much housing that people in this industry can afford. A lot of places are are doing the Airbnb, and it's just taking away a lot of the apartments that people used to be able to rent. Mm-hmm. So we have to do everything we can to, when we do get good people in, to keep them. And I think one way, of course, is financially compensate them accordingly. Uh, we tend to pay more than most other restaurants do. Even as far as our dishwashers go, they start at a top rate. 
Mm-hmm. I think we also provide some benefits. We have uh, life insurance. We've got um, a, a simple IRA account they can log on to. We have disability insurance. You know, all of those benefits make it so that people want to stay with us. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and that attracts them in also. I'm understanding you can get the track them in with the benefits. So it's really, you know, be a step ahead of the competition, um, give a good workplace, give a good atmosphere. What about teamwork? Um, Teamwork in the restaurant business is so important. How how do you encourage a teamwork and what kind of teamwork do you have? Oh my goodness. Teamwork is the only way to do it here. Mm -hmm. Uh, There is no such thing as it's not my job, or it's not my station. Everybody works together. All of our host staff have to go through weight training so that they know what they can do to help the servers. All of the bartenders have to go through weight training. All the management staff has to work on the, on the line in the kitchen. They also have to know how to run the dishwasher. So it is a real team effort, and I think that all of our staff understands this, that they are not going to be left alone in the weeds. In the weeds is a term, I think, that applies almost exclusively to the restaurant industry because Mm -hmm. if you get busy, sometimes you're running around like a chicken with your head cut off and you don't know which way to turn. But if Mm -hmm. you've got somebody else working with you that can look and see what you need before you have to ask for it, that's the key. Mm-hmm. But isn't that so critical in in any business? Um, and it's just probably a little bit more transparent in the restaurant business because your customers sitting there right in front of you. And if they don't get something to eat or drink, they could be upset. But I mean, that's a really insightful statement because I think it's just key in no matter which market you're working in. Oh, absolutely. But as you say, we're on stage all the time, so right. it's it's a little more critical sometimes. <laughs> um, Terry, in also something we've talked about in the last couple of weeks on this broadcast was um, millennials and Generation Z, okay, Z, okay? And yeah, I <laughs> see, that's what every leader says, okay? Every leader comes back and says, oh boy. So um, how, uh, just talk to me about that, you know, because I'm imagining that probably three quarters of your staff are either millennials or Generation Z. Yeah, they are. And it's it's been, it, it's definitely been an eye-opener to learn how to deal with both groups. Uh, the millennials um, seem to be more concerned with how they're treated and having family time, which is perfectly understandable. But it's not like with, with my generation or my parents' generation when work came first. Uh, with the Generation Z, it, it's a little harder to find employees in this generation that have a work ethic and who understand mm-hmm. what happens when they decide that, oh, I don't feel like coming to work today. <laughs> <laughs> and what do they do? Just not show up? <laughs> or is that their well, last they day? They in and have an excuse, this, that, or the other thing. Or, oh, I need to go do that, something with my friends today. And it, it there's just, and there's no sense of, urgency with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the next generation. I mean, those are the people you're going to be hiring um, coming up. Um, so that's going to that's going to be an interesting management issue. How, do you do you talk to them or train them any differently than you would? I mean, everybody gets the basic training. But what I meant is, you know, is there any kind of special approach that you have with them? Um, I think it's generally just to try to talk to them and and let them know some of the family history of the restaurant so that they know that I'm not going to ask them to do anything that I wouldn't do myself. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that helps a lot. We've been very fortunate. We've We've had many second generation employees that have worked here too. I have right now a couple of of young kids that are bussing tables whose parents have worked and still work for me. Oh, that's cool. That's Mm. wonderful. Yeah. (laughs) Then you could just go tell mom or dad. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
and so it, then my other my other question on this generational because this is quite interesting, especially in the in the rest in in a small in a small business. So you probably have four generations working in that business at once right now, and. Um, yeah, and how do you manage that? I mean, do you see, are there sometimes, I mean, it's a great opportunity because you have four generations and they can relate to four generations of customers. But on the other hand, you're trying to form the teamwork and that's always, you know, teamwork with four generations is, is a challenge. How do you manage that? It is. It's, you know, it, it's more listening listening to the older staff when they have complaints about some of the things that the younger staff are doing or not doing, and then trying to relay that in a way that the younger staff isn't going to take it as just plain criticism. Um, mm-hmm. They have to understand the importance of working as a team and why it's important. Once you can get that across to them, the why and the fact that if they're just standing around while tables need to be cleared, then the servers aren't receding tables. They're not making as much money. And guess what? The bus people don't make as much money then. Once you can get that across to them, then it definitely helps. Mm-hmm. So it is. It is really teamwork across the the entire entire the restaurant. Do you do any do do any activities with them or training with them as a group or or activities with them as a group outside of um, outside of the restaurant? Uh, not training so much as a group. Although occasionally we will call in um, the like the senior servers, and we're having a lunch meeting with them coming up just to go over some things and, and see if they've got any ideas on thing, ways that we can make things better. Um, we do a lot of uh, fun activities together. We have a, an employee Christmas party and then we have one right after Labor Day where everybody gets to get together and just have fun and not, not worry about work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, that's good. Good. Um, so, Terry, I'd like, to, I'd like to move a little bit away from the team and move into... Um, a little bit more about you, okay? So, I mean, we're, we're talking about these discussions that you have with all these different generations, and you really need to be firm, but you have to be have some empathy also, okay? Um, because it's, you know, the performance is your brand. So how, how do you mix um, being firm and being empathetic at the same time? Huh, that's a difficult <laughs> question. Um I think more about the best way for me to do it is if I've if I've got a situation where I know that I've got to be firm with somebody, I will sit down with them and ask them what they think should be done, mm-hmm. what their ideas are on how I should handle the situation. Usually they will come up with an answer that is probably harsher than I would, mm-hmm. but somehow yeah. it works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, that's a good, that's a great answer. So we're going to, we're going to take another break here, Terry. And for our listeners, we are talking with um, Terry O'Brien, owner, CEO, and president of the Red Parker Steakhouse and Pub in Glen, New Hampshire, the United States. And we're taking a look at local businesses in this episode and how local businesses handle leadership and management. So, um, Terry, it's been great up to now. Thank you. And when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about reputation management and customer service and and how you may be adapting. Uh, Is your customer group changing? Okay. We've talked about changing of, you know, the millennials coming in generation. Are their expectations changing and how do you adapt to that? And you, if our listeners want to reach Terry, you can reach her at um, Terry M. O'Brien on Facebook or through the Red Parker Pub, Red Parker Steakhouse Pub on Facebook and at Red Parker Pub on Twitter. And her email is rpp302 at redparkerpub.com. And I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host, and you are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders on the Voice America Business Channel. And we will be right back. (laughs) 
Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjog All at CIO Talk Network. How is your company's marketing plan? Could it use a little help? For most businesses, the answer is yes. Tune in each week to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. Host Janet Kunst and her guests will show you how and where to bring your marketing to the next level. Each show will feature action strategies that you can implement right away and see results. We'll make this easy for you. Start by tuning in every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders, Voice America's growing series about global leadership. And we are speaking with Terry O'Brien, COO, President, and owner of the Red Parker Steakhouse and Pub in Glen, New Hampshire. And today's series, we're talking about um, local businesses and what leadership looks like in local businesses. And I'm your host, Kimberly Lewis, CEO and leadership trainer. So, Terry, before before the break, we had talked a little bit about how do you mix empathy and still be firm, Okay. And um, so we've talked quite a bit about managing the staff, but I'd like to take a little different angle. Um, I'd like to talk about the customer base, because just as the staff, okay, we have millennials and Generation Z are very, very global today, just as that we are global today, okay, Um, customers are changing. And you're located up there in Mount Washington Valley, kind of. Not everybody in the world knows where that is, but are you seeing shifts in your customers? Are you seeing more global customers? Are you seeing um, shifts in what they want? Are you, what are you seeing? Absolutely. We're seeing, um, of course, we're so seasonal too. So some of it changes with the seasons. Right now we're in foliage season. This is when we get more couples that come in, um, people that are a little bit older and more mature, um, and it, it's it's always a fun time of year for us to have this group of people come in. They're very easy to sell things to and and very gracious. We do get in the summer, we get the young families with all the little kids. And in the winter, we get all the people that just want to go and have a good time skiing. Mm-hmm. Now, it has changed over the years, I think. Uh, we're getting a lot more Europeans that are coming in. Um we're, right now, the Canadians are all coming back, and that's always a challenge. Sometimes the language barrier can be the big challenge, but I think probably the biggest challenge that I have with my, my staff is the servers and reminding them somehow, sometimes people from other countries don't really understand about gratuities, and mm-hmm. they have to remember that 10% of something is better than 10% of nothing. <laughs> so that's that's one thing that is a challenge. Uh, the younger group that we have coming in now, the younger 
millennials and Gen Zs that are living here in the Valley, they want a different kind of atmosphere. And we've had to adjust to that. Like we have our open mic nights on Monday nights. And uh, that definitely caters to a very different crowd of people. They don't even go out until 10 o'clock at night when most of us are dozing in front of the TV. So dealing with them and the type of foods that they like and the type of music that they like is always a challenge. Mm-hmm. So you have really had to become very aware of of the shifts in your customers and probably due to this, you know, two things come to my mind, technology and globalization, okay? Globalization of more people coming from, you know, it's easy to get to from point A to point B now and technology, um, you know, the Generation Z who don't doesn't leave the iPhone until 10 and then they go to open mic night. So, so it sounds to me like you've been, that's a really important thing for you to do as a business owner is to, to really watch what's going on in the market, what's going on in the different generations. Do you have any special way that you do that? You, do you kind of read a lot of newspapers, read a lot of books, read a lot of articles, kind of te- you know, test nights out, test different things out? How are you, how are you staying up with the change? Well, everything you said is absolutely correct. I, you know, I do read a lot. I try to stay on top of trends. I try to hire younger people to work with me and my management staff. Um, all of those things are important, but the technology is incredibly important. You know, we've had to embrace the whole Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We had to make sure that we had Wi-Fi access in the pub and in the dining room because everybody wants to be on their devices now. And that alone was an eye-opener for me to think that people are interacting more with their phones than they are with each other sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and do you, um, do you, as a small business, do you outsource this now? Um, because this is a big question that a lot of local small businesses have an issue with is, you know, the technology part is difficult. There's a lot of stuff out there, okay? And you could spend all day doing everything, okay? How do you, how do you as a small business owner embrace the technology part? That's, that's a very good question. Um, with our website, we made our website interactive. Uh, we have somebody else that put it together, but my assistant manager, who is very computer savvy, is the one that goes in and makes changes to it. So we don't farm it out. We do it in-house. He also takes care of doing all the Twitter stuff. I usually do the Facebook stuff, but I've got two other managers that um, are also administrators, so they can post things on Facebook. Um, A lot of stuff we we still do in-house. It may come to a time when we have to outsource it. But for right now, we seem to be keeping up with it okay. Sometimes it's it's on the fly. You know, we'll have, um, we'll have a great band playing. And so I'll get on my Instagram account and take a picture of the band and post it. And mm-hmm. that goes out to so many people that are on Instagram now. They like that gratification of seeing a picture of what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that is because it's it's very time consuming. So what I'm hearing you is, uh, you know, if social media is this pie right now in your local business, everybody's got a little piece of that pie. Okay, so somebody does some Facebook, somebody does some Twitter, and and that's how you're getting it out there. Um, so that and, and you're managing it that way, and I've seen your social media; it's quite good. So it seems to be like like it's it's going going very very well for you. Um, do you get feedback from your customers about the social media? Oh, absolutely. I, I send out a, an e-newsletter through Constant Contact several times a year. And it, it's really interesting, the people that will come in for dinner and they'll look at me and they'll say, are you the Terry that sends out the emails? And <laughs> say, yes, I am. <laughs> it's, it's kind of fun. But yeah, it's, it's great to get the feedback from the guests Um, Sometimes they'll message me. Uh, Sometimes they will put notes on our Facebook page. Sometimes they'll just come in and say, hey, I saw the picture you posted on Instagram. That was really cool. 
So yes, I love getting the feedback from them. So do you feel then this this social media and the technology is now a critical part of your reputation management? Because I'd like to jump jump to reputation management now. You're still you know you're you're building your brand. Your brand is well known, but you have to keep that reputation. Are you using are you using social uh, social media as a form of reputation manage as a man, reputation management tool? Absolutely. I think one of the biggest boons as well as being the biggest curse are the reviews mm-hmm. and TripAdvisor and um, Google My Business, all of those. The thing that I've done that's a little bit different from what a lot of my my fellow restaurateurs do is I do try to get in and answer when somebody has a complaint. I will try to answer it and and give them a good response, um, whether it's to invite them back again as our guest or just give them a reason for why something happened. I'll also respond if they give us a great review, which is, thankfully, mm-hmm. that's more the case. But yeah, we're not perfect and we're not going to be the right place for every single guest that walks through the door. And, you know, as much as we'd like to say that we're perfect 100% of the time, it doesn't happen like that. I think what you just said is a very critical point that to answer good reviews, because it seems to me, and I think that's really positive, that's really a, a, a powerful tool in reputation management, because it's it's not just about, you know, if you get kind of a medium or, or negative review answering that, it's about the re-promotion after a positive and too few local businesses and react to positive reviews. And I think that's really good if you're doing it. And I hope that some of our local businesses listening will, will catch up on that. So this is, this is a lot of, I mean, I'm just getting exhausted talking to you about <laughs> running the local business, to be honest with you. Okay. But I just have, I have a personal question as a leader. Um, especially in, in, in the restaurant business, because sometimes, like you said, you are on a stage. So if something goes wrong, it it's, goes wrong and everybody sees it, okay? It's hard to hide it in the restaurant business, okay? And it's hard to hide it in a local business also, a small local business. So self-control is so critical. And, um, you know, especially in really pressure-filled situations. So do you, do you have any leadership tips on how do you keep your self-control? Uh, sometimes I go in the walk-in and scream. <laughs> but I, th- I think... The biggest thing is to try and I, I try to take a step back and talk very quietly. If there's a guest that's extremely irate, I'll speak very quietly and pull them out to another area where we can discuss whatever the situation is mm-hmm. and try to get their feedback. I find that asking the guest, what can we do to make this better for you? That works better than anything else because they will let me know, well, we just, we don't want to pay for this. And I'll say, okay, that's fine. We have no problem doing that. What can we do to make sure that you'll give us another shot? Sometimes I'll just give them a gift card and say, you know, we didn't do a good job with your guests, with your party tonight, but we do want you to try us again. Mm -hmm. So it's taking a step back instead of being defensive, understand that from the guest perspective, they're correct. And, and, and that's probably, and how, how, that's really important and a, a very valuable tip for our listeners on that because I think we have, a t- as human beings, we have a tendency, you know, it's kind of the flight or, f- or fight. And, um, you know, we have a tendency to do that. So I think that's really a critical point. So, Terry, just in, we're, we're getting up to the end here. Just if you had three tips to give to local businesses about leadership, what would they be? I would say listen to your staff and your guests, communicate effectively and that's all part of listening. And the one thing that my parents both taught me is to treat everyone as if they're a guest in your own home. Mm-hmm. 
Very good. Okay. Well, with with that, I'm going to close and thank you, Terry. It's been very enlightening and it's been so much fun to have a local business on the show. And uh, yeah, yes. And uh, for our listeners, we've been talking to Terry O'Brien, CEO, owner, president of the Red Parker Steakhouse and Pub in lovely Glen, New Hampshire. And I will give it a five star because I've been there and eaten there myself. So I'd like to suggest it. And if you'd like to reach out to Terry, you can reach out to Terry at rpp302 at redparkerpub.com. You can visit her on Facebook at Terry M. O'Brien. And you can visit the Red Parker Steakhouse and Pub on Facebook, as well as on Twitter at Red Parker Pub and on Instagram at Red Parker Fun. So thank you again, and um, I hope to be visiting your restaurant again soon in the next couple months. Well, I hope so too, Kim. Okay, okay. So as we wrap up today's episode, great leadership is a necessity for any business that is striving for success. Without leadership, it's Without leadership that is effective, it's nearly impossible for businesses to grow and expand and keep their customer base happy. While large companies may be able to survive for short periods of time without great leadership in place, the opposite is often true for small businesses. Small businesses are made up of just a few employees and potentially they could fall apart if they don't have great leadership. So I hope that you have learned some leadership tips from Terry today for small businesses. And we at Global Business Therapy help small businesses learn how to lead. We specialize in small small business leadership coaching. So go to our website at globalbusinesstherapy.com. Once again, you're listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. It's a program sponsored by Global Business Therapy. SRO and the Women's Leadership Academy 2020. Please get in touch with me for leadership training, systemic team coaching, motivational speaking, executive coaching, and coaching and business consulting for small businesses. If you'd like to contact me, your host, Kimberly Lewis, please mail me at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or visit my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. Also, you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and all over in all kinds of social media. So until next week, my leadership saying for today is good leadership is needed no matter how big or how small your company is. Thank you for listening and we'll see, hope you tune in with us again next week. Thank you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.